like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. I am Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook by typing the at sign, the primal piggy, all one word. I'm also cross posting this video today to whips, chains, and duct tape. You can find uh, that Facebook page with the at sign WCDTBDSM, all one thing. Uh, thank you again for joining me. We are uh, last, our last video was on slave training. Uh, 101, and that was quite a long video on the uh, different slave positions. We went into a lot of detail about the psychology and the positioning of those. Uh, you, you can uh, certainly, that is a very important video. It was quite, uh, quite exhaustive, but uh, it was really good because there's not a lot of training videos that go through the slave positions. If you really look them, look it up, uh, there are different videos that just briefly show you what those positions are. Uh, some are like, um, uh, some are calling, uh, a dominant calling a submissive into command and telling them how to, uh, or which position to go into, and then the person goes into those positions, uh, the submissive. And uh, But there's not a lot of actual training videos, and a lot of times you can only get that type of training uh, in person, in a, uh, in like a workshop or a class. And so this was really important. This was, uh, to me, it's foundational because I like to borrow from these things that really work, uh, borrowing from the master-slave uh, relationship dynamic. Of course, talking about, as always, nonviolent, consensual BDSM, uh, always for adults, not for minors. And this is, of course, a mature video, but it won't be graphic. Uh, as always. And so I like to borrow from that master-slave BDSM dynamic and uh, because those things are tried and true. They have uh, really been able to uh, spend a lot of time, a lot of years developing uh, these different things, and we know that they work because they worked for a long time. Uh, these aren't just experimental things. Uh, these aren't just... Um, theoretical things, but people have been able to put these into practice and they really uh, allow uh, the dominance to come out of a dominant and the submission, that deep submissive nature to begin to flow out of submissives. And so I like to borrow from the, from the MS dynamic. And I wanted to talk today about uh, just some more subtle kind of little differences uh, little things that are like uh, manners of speech, tone of speech, uh, posture, uh, some of these different and really important details that are kind of subtle details, but they're very important in separate in uh, uh, putting su submissives in the place of a submissive and dominance in the place of a dominant. And so it really kind of puts us in our roles, really kind of emphasizes our roles. And uh, this is like a 102 video. And so this really kind of adds, uh, these are things you'll want to add to the slave positions or 
anything that you are incorporating into your, your relationship dynamic, whether it's a DS, a DDLG, or any, any type of relationship dynamic uh, that is similar to that. I'm going to pull up my notes here. Uh, so we want to first talk about uh, something that's called third-person speech. Uh, sometimes we'll see uh, people trying to use this on the Internet. Uh, slaves or submissives will try to speak, and it is really almost in, unintelligible. Uh, and we'll look in a moment how you really it's not really for the Internet. Uh, so please, uh, if you are a submissive or a slave and you're trying to or you're trying to act like you are, on the internet, please stop typing in third-person speech on the internet. Uh, you know, please uh, begin to use uh, regular grammar and, and regular speech, uh, regular uh, typing out your grammar and stuff. Please do that because it is really difficult to understand you. Uh, but we're going to talk about third-person speech. It's commonly used to emphasize uh, the place of a submissive in comparison to a dominant, and it's a it's a formalized approach to speech that it really re requires a, a degree of practice, a lot of mental self-conditioning to really get it smoothly in a typical conversation. And it's meant to be uh, in conversation between a dominant and a submissive in real life, in person. Uh, of course, you could probably do it on like a video chat or whatnot, but it is meant to be a conversation or how a how a submissive uh, has a conversation with his or her dominant. And so this type of speech, it can be difficult both to say and to understand. Uh, the, it's the complete absence of personal pro pronouns in one side of a conversation uh, where they, uh, where they're usually, uh, it's, you know, it's typically, well, it's typically only used for simple and short, short discussions uh, you know, anything more than that, it can be really difficult. So with a lot of proper practice and application, it can be a powerful language discipline tool to enhance the protocol between a dominant and a submissive. So we're talking about third person. Uh, that's like um, uh, an example of that would be, uh, may this slave rub your feet mistress. And to kind of replace, may I rub your feet, mistress? So it takes out the eyes uh, and the me's, and it replaces them with uh, with this slave, this one. Uh, so we'll see in just a second more of that. But um, when the submissive refers to themselves in the third person, they also refer to themselves as a possession or object. With this in mind, the submissive is reminded through their own words of their voluntary surrendering of the sense of self. And so it teaches the submissive that they don't own their body or the way it's used. So it really exaggerates the um, objectivity uh, or objectifying someone uh, and it, you know, versus the identity that the person would have in the vanilla world. And so it really shows, uh, it helps emphasize a sense of ownership between a dominant and a submissive. And it can be really sexy. It can be really hot. It can really be uh, something that a submissive really enjoys. It helps them really get into that mind space, into that sub, into that, uh, that uh, submissive mindset that they need to be. And it really also emphasizes dominance in the dominant. It emphasizes that 
uh, you own me. And so, like I said, it can be really hot. It can really spice up uh, a, uh, a scene, especially when you uh, use it in conjunction with, like, with protocol. And we've been talking more about protocol lately. And so when instructed to use third-person speech, the submissive may never refer to themselves with I, me, mine, or any word that denounces possession. So personal pronouns are not permitted. So I and me gets replaced with this one. And the word one can be replaced with girl, boy, slave, sub, subby, any title you want to use. And mine is often replaced with yours, as in any other title uh, that would denote possession. So the um, since the submissive or the slave themselves are a possession of the dominant and therefore cannot own anything themselves. Thus, anything that would be referred to as the slaves becomes the dominant, uh, who owns the submissive and anything the submissive may otherwise own directly. And so um, this uh, is true when the submissive is referring to themselves. It, uh, if it was a, f a female slave, for instance, they, instead of saying, my breasts are yours to use as you please, master. She would instead say, your breasts are yours to use as you please, master. Uh, of course, I can see how that sounds somewhat confusing. And it, can, and it can be if you're not paying attention to the conversation closely. But it makes perfect sense if you're trying to keep the mindset of who possesses who. And so it, it's more clear to the dominant and the submissive. And so it's, it's used for uh, conversation between a dominant and a submissive in, within protocol and within scenes and within, within the relationship. And so, um, you know, uh, you know uh, sometimes I'll refer in my dynamic, for instance, I'll, I'll uh, thank, uh, thank my sub for... Uh, uh, for taking care of my body, which would, which in essence, I'm talking about her and her body, but I'll use it as thank you. You know, you, I, it's good to hear that you're taking care of my body. It becomes mine because it shows a sense of ownership of hers. And so the most common use for third person speech is not everyday conversation, but instead it's for, um, uh, it's for, uh, scenes and protocol. Uh, it could be used during uh, events like a punishment or during uh, a certain rituals, like an inspection ritual. And, uh, you know, uh, does master, you know, is master pleased with your breasts? Is master pleased with your hair? You know, and those sort of things. So showing ownership and possession uh uh, using this manner of speech for only select times or events it actually puts an even higher emphasis on the formality of your protocol. And so it, it can be quite rewarding for those who love the highest levels of protocol. So if you want to increase the types of protocol that you, or, or the, the increase the pro, the amount of protocol, sorry, in your relationship, this would be a way to emph highly emphasize the formality of your protocol by requiring third-person speech. <laughs> Excuse me again. Um, 
you know, it's up to the dominant uh, directing its use as to when, where, and for how long. But really, like I said, it's uh, it's meant to be uh, for use between the dominant and the submissive themselves. It's not, and possibly at like a protocol event uh, or a protocol scene or in the middle of a scene. Uh, but it's not to be used on during the internet or on the internet. It's not when you're when you're responding to a message on the on a message board or when you're responding to a uh, something, you know, on a website. Uh, you know, it can be quite confusing, and it actually, uh, uh, it you know, it's not it's not correct grammar. And it is uh, quite confusing for people, and it actually de-emphasizes the importance of it if you use it in everyday language. So it, it should it should be something that you use together with your dominant. That's the best way to put it. And so uh, next, we're gonna just uh, you know. So that's one subtle uh, one subtle way to uh, kind of spice up your protocol or. Um, add more protocol to used in you know to your relationship used in conjunction with like slave uh, training and or I mean slave uh, positions and other things that we'll talk about. Uh, but just your relationship dynamic in general. Another is eye contact restri- restrictions. So it's not uncommon to enforce eye contact restrictions for submissives and slaves. Uh, this means that a submissive is not permitted to look a dominant in the eyes without explicit direction to do so. Uh, it can be limited to refraining from uh, looking from the from the submissives looking uh, their own dominant in the eye or any dominant in the eye or whatever the personal preferences are for the dominant. And uh, so this can be further defined by limiting where the submissive can look beyond the generality of eye-to-eye contact. So Really, you can impose or increase protocol uh, in your relationship by, uh, you know, during scenes, during protocol, uh, or in your own personal relationship dynamic, uh, restricting the eye, uh, the, uh, the eye contact, or restricting where a dominant or where a submissive can look uh, uh, in in scenes and whatnot, and so. Not unlike animals, looking the stronger alpha dominant in the eye denotes a threat or a challenge to their dominance. And this is the psychology behind it. Our eyes can uh, relay many different things through a mere look. And so eye contact restrictions are simply a tool to, to denote an emphasis on who is the dominant and who is the submissive in a relationship. Uh, remember, as with any protocol you stipulate, you must give direction in exact detail and then enforce what you say. Make sure the submissive knows when, where, how, and why they are to use this protocol and then practice it with them. And so it may take some practice to uh, remember, you know, don't look at me in the eye. Don't look at me in the eye. You may have to say it several times. You may have to use a tool to help reinforce that. You may have to use, uh, you know, punishment and reward to reinforce it. Uh, you know, this is a, a, a subtle uh, behavioral modification that you can put, just like the third person speech. An eye contact restriction is a is uh, you know is a simple 
behavioral modification tool that that also uh, and you know separates who is this or tells the submissive who is the submissive and puts an emphasis on who is the dominant and so um you know you go you want to go through uh practice routines because you want to flush out any inconsistencies because remember consistency is important to protocol and it's important to a DSMS DDLG relationship that consistency is really important because when consistency begins to break down, uh, if you're a dominant, you're going to want to remain consistent and you're going to want to keep your submissive consistent because when that consistency breaks down, it can actually break down your relationship dynamic altogether. So it's really important to remain to uh, uh, emphasize consistency. Uh, during implementation of any formal slave position, there are associated eye contact restrictions. We uh, Last week when we talked about, or sorry, last video when we talked about the different slave positions, um, we, we talked about where the eyes should be downcast, they should be looking down, or they should be looking at shoulder level and not at eye level. And so this is where you'll commonly see them used, but it's up to the dominant. You can, be, you can get creative to where and how you can use these different um, eye contact restrictions to increase the level of protocol in your relationship. Oops. Uh, the eyes tell us much of what a person is thinking, and if the submissive can learn to control their eyes, where they look, when they look, and the emotion that pours forth from those eyes, they can represent their dominant with the highest of high protocol honors the the appearance of the appearance of a very well trained submissive and so uh, eye contact <coughs> excuse me is uh, another uh, small detail but it can add a lot of spice a lot of flavor it can add a, a new level of protocol to your relationship so we looked at um, of course we looked at third person speech eye contact restrictions now let's look at at body posture. And we want to look at both the posture of a dominant, like a dominant posture and a submissive posture. So um, we've talked about uh, a lot about the submissive posture and the protocol so far, like the different posture as related to slave positioning. Uh, but, you know, we can't forget dominant posture. It's critical that the dominant be able to establish and carry a dominant posture in front of the submissive and with other dominants. Uh, it's part of um, personal respect and being respected and behaving in appropriate dominant form and fashion. Um, if you claim the top rung of the ladder, then you should stand taller than everyone else. If you appear weak and indecisive, a submissive is less likely to respond to your commands or directives. So um, a lot of times in... Uh, in very new DS, when someone is experimenting with a DS dynamic, a lot of times a submissive will come, or someone who wishes to be submissive will come to just any old person, and and or like a partner that's already established a lot of times, and they'll tell them, I want you to dominate me. I want you to be dominant to me. And a lot of times that is very difficult for someone uh, because they don't, um, they don't, know how to act like a dominant. They don't know how to look like a dominant. 
They don't know how to sound like a dominant. They don't even carry themselves uh, posture-wise. Uh, in uh, They don't even stand tall. They often appear weak. They're very indecisive. And they don't, and, you know, it really is hard for a submissive to get in that mind space because the dominant is, or the person who's trying to be dominant isn't in a dominant mind space. So uh, these types of formal training like I'm doing here, like uh, going through very, sorry, very foundational training is meant to help you as a dominant become more, or you as the person who's being asked to be dominant in a relationship a lot of times, it's helping you as well as not just giving you the things to do to a submissive, but it's also we want to help create the BDSM community that we want to see. And people who are being asked to be dominant, we want you to be able to uh, stand tall and actually uh, be very decisive and uh, appear very strong and, uh, and uh, so that, you know, you are having very good scenes. And so these are different things that you need to just take notes of and go, okay, what are some ways that I can as a dominant or the person being a dominant in this relationship dynamic, um, what's a way that I can stand taller? Can I remind, remind myself of who I am? Can I walk with confidence? What are some ways that I can increase my own confidence? And so um, uh, you also want to uh, speak intelligently and, like I said, carry yourself with confidence. You want to uh, be able to earn the respect of fellow dominants and submissives in your in your broader community. Really, uh, that's another important aspect of, of the BDSM community is that it gives you it gives you a uh, kind of like a, uh, it gives you an opportunity to practice uh, and, and, and kind of test to see if you are carrying yourself with confidence. Uh, when you get out into the BDSM community, you can, you can kind of test the waters to see, am I presenting dominant or do I need to go back, you know, uh, uh, and do some more work on myself in order to better present dominant. And so, uh, hallmarks of a good and well-respected dominant, of course, are patience, wisdom, intelligence, and a strong presence, but not a domineering or an overbearing presence. We've been to munches before where someone comes with a whip attached to their, in, in a vanilla setting with a whip attached to their belt, wearing a, a broad hat and lighting up a big cigar in order to try to puff themselves up as dominant when really all it takes is an attitude and 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 a, a humility and a strong presence uh, someone who you know showing that you're patient and and wise uh, just you know that you're intelligent but you don't have to know everything and so you can be an al an alpha in the room by just being strong and so you if you're the if you're one of the alphas in the room, you need to be an alpha in everything you do when it relates, as it relates to your relationship dynamic and when it comes to your role as a dominant in the relationship. And so this is somewhat of a personality trait. It's not a routine or a ritual. It doesn't have a lot of predefined actions or routines, but you can, uh, 
You can dom you can demonstrate dominant posture with subtle body language and speech mannerisms. You position yourself physically higher than your submissive during activities where you're trying to assert your dominance. You be forceful with your gaze and confident with your speech, but not domineering. You're not afraid to be who you are. You're the dominant. And so it's just, uh, you know, of course, like with slave positions, you don't want to lower yourself underneath the submissive. You want to remain above them. And you want to, uh, you know, have a watchful eye. Don't be overly distracted by the things around you. You want to be confident in your speech when you're speaking to your submissive. And so these are all things that are developed with practice. If you don't get things right, just try to do them, uh, you know, try to be consistent and try to build habits and be, try and, you know, do this through practice. And so... Uh, now let's look a little bit. We looked a lot at the positioning, but let's on the opposite uh, in with slave positions. But on the opposite side, let's look at submissive posture. Uh, you want to uh, a submissive keeps a good submissive and compliant nature when serving the dominant. Let me repeat that they, uh, because it's very simple, but it's a compliant nature when serving the dominant, and so. Uh, they want to, uh, you know, you want to, in, in most ways, you want to be good. You want to be obedient. Uh, you don't want to always be bucking against, questioning. Uh, you just want to, uh, you know, you don't always want to be questioning. You don't always need to know the why of everything that you want to be Compliant, obedient, and that is boosting your, that is the posture that you have. And so uh, it, it is uh, ultimately you're increasing your confidence within your own unique role. You want to maintain a submissive body posture with your body language and verbally. In the end, it comes down to communication, uh, body movements, tone, inflection of your words, your eyes, how you will look, be somewhat downcast. Uh, it, it play, they all play a major part in your submissive posture. So, you know, with practice, make them work for you. Uh, practice them. Avoid direct eye contact. Even, even if it's not required in your dynamic, unless, unless, it is, unless the dominant is specifically telling you to look them in the eyes, avoid direct eye contact. Um, uh, position your body lower physically than the dominance. Use a soft tone. Uh, not so soft that you can't be heard clearly, but, you know, avoid raising your voice and have a, com a compliant behavior in the presence of a dominant. And, and um, you know, you can practice this not only with your dominant, but you can be have more of a compliant behavior or a compliant tone around all dominants. And so it is a, so it is a posture it is a, a way that you present yourself. And so demonstrate an appreciative behavior in all things you do as a submissive. This will help your own you know, mind space of a submissive, and it'll encourage the dominant to dominate you. And so you want to be appreciative. You want to have gratitude. You want to be thankful for, uh, for, uh, for receiving uh, the attention 
the uh, you want you know the the they'll have their focus on you. You want to be thankful for them paying attention to the details of of your posture and your tone and the um, your positioning in these different positions. Uh, you know you want to thank them for taking the time and and caring about all of the little details and all of these different types of things uh, because it, ultimately they're. They're, a dominant is showing you great attention to even care about all of these protocol things. And so um, also, you know, a, a dominant certainly needs to have an appreciative behavior that the submissive is being compliant and that the submissive is also focusing and, and paying attention to all the details and being compliant in those. And so lastly, let's talk about tone and inflection. And of course, this is used with all of the different protocols. Um, dominance should keep a clear and strong tone when giving directions to a submissive. You don't yell. You don't scream. You never yell or scream, okay? Uh, when you yell and you scream, they denote a loss of control on the dominance behalf. And the dominance tone should be firm yet calm and in control and when you get overly domineering and you yell or you scream or you raise your voice too loudly it denotes a loss of control and it actually works against you it actually tells a submissive that you don't you're out of control and if you're out of control then the scene is out of control and uh, it can you know it can cause panic in a submissive that is trying to do everything right. Um, the submissive should feel like nothing phases the dominant. The submissive will gain security through it. <coughs> Excuse me. Submissives, uh, you know, you speak in a clear yet submissive uh, tone. Surrender to the dominant in the way you speak, but be firm and sure of your voice yourself in voicing obedience. So you want to be submissive, but you want to also walk in a certain sense of confidence, especially when you're being uh, voicing obedience. If you're saying, yes, sir, yes, my Lord, uh, yes, daddy, yes, master, whatever it is, if you're saying yes, it should be a firm and confident yes, although it is definitely a submissive yes. And so uh, dominance should enunciate their words and directions in a clear and concise manner. This may be something you have to practice with, depending on um, uh, on uh, your uh, what do you call those things? Depending on your accent or uh, or your ethnicity or where you're from. If there's if you should be able to enunciate your words, make your directions clear. In a in a clear and concise tone that your that your submissive can understand, and so if you have a different accent or ethnicity or cultural difference between you and your submissive, you want to take great care that your submissive can understand you, and so leave no doubt as to what you're saying or telling your submissive to do. Uh, doubt leads to hesitation. Hesitation leads to questions. Questions lead to negotiation, and negotiation lead, uh, leads to a breakdown uh, of trust in your power exchange dynamic. So let me do that one more time. 
Um, leave no doubt, because doubt leads to hesitation. Hesitation then leads to them asking questions. Uh, questions lead to them negotiating, and negotiating leads to the breakdown of trust in the power exchange dynamic. You want to maintain your dominance, and, and as a submissive, you want to be able to maintain your role as a submissive and allow the dominant to be dominant in your relationship dynamic. And so a tone, inflection of voice, volume of speech, confidence when speaking, uh, you know, uh, knowing when it is appropriate to speak, a clear willingness to obey. They're all methods of practicing uh, proper dominance and submission. And so we want, you know, we, you know, these are all subtle things. We, again, we talked about uh, third-person speech uh, because third-person speech, uh, removing the I and the me and the mine uh, and replacing it uh, with, uh, with yours or your girl, your boy, your slave, your sub, you know, are, are you pleased with your sub's, uh, you know, hygiene? Whatever it is, something that's just an example off the top of my head. It denotes ownership. It helps put an emphasis on ownership in, in a DS or DDLG or MS dynamic, power exchange dynamic. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about eye contact restrictions. A way to help boost protocol is um, a dominant having rules for where a submissive can look or how they should, what they should look at, where they can look. Uh, you know, whether that's not looking you in the eye or, or having more down, uh, downcast eye positioning. It puts an emphasis on who's the dominant and it puts an emphasis on who's the submissive. Uh, dominance, carrying yourself in a dominant posture, uh, speaking intelligently, having a confidence, uh, standing tall, not appearing weak or indecisive, uh, just, you know, you know, speaking and acting and being uh, as dominant as you can be without being domineering. And so, and then we talked briefly about uh, uh, submissives having a compliant nature when serving a dominant. And then we lastly wrapped it up with tone and inflection. We want to make sure that you have dominants have a clear and a strong tone, not screaming and yelling. And we want to make sure that submissives have a, a confidence in, in, in voicing obedience, but a submission in the way that they speak. And so I hope that was, uh, you know, just some really good, like I said, some subtle ways to add flavor, some subtle ways to um, help uh, build protocol and uh, add additional levels of protocol into your, your relationship dynamic. We're borrowing from uh, MS slave training, and we're helping applying it to all dynamics. Uh, and so these are tried and true, um, and hopefully you're seeing the psychology or the reasoning why uh, so that you can use these things with, with uh, confidence and know that these are really good tools to add uh, into your relationship dynamic and to use and to you know really help create the, uh, the type of community ultimately that we want to see 
is we want to see relationship dynamics that are working, that are vibrant, that are healthy. And uh, we want dominance to be more dominant and submissives to be more submissive. And so uh, because it just helps boost and, and make uh, this make our community strong and everyone will ultimately find fulfillment in the in their role that they choose. And so again, I'm Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at the Primal Piggy, all one word. You can find all the all the past videos in this foundational BDSM series, uh, everything from character to red flags and relationships, negotiations, contracts, all the different types of foundational things leading up to this point. Uh, some stuff on vetting uh, uh, potential play partners, all kinds of different types of foundational things, talking about aspects of dominance and submission. And, of course, our previous video on slave positions, which was very important. And uh, uh, you can look forward to us continuing uh, in, in the next video in this series. We'll be talking about disciplinary techniques, and so look forward to that coming soon. And uh, thank you very much for watching today.